Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. The best advice I can give you concerning self-control is this. Surrender all control to the Holy Spirit, right? Because um, it's like, it's, Paul's not just saying like, hey, just be self-determined and all this. He's just saying, learn how to master yourself. The best way you can learn how to master yourself is by saying like, um, I don't think I can do this. So Holy Spirit, can you please just like take over? Um, and that's what we would call an absolute surrender. Or in one sense, that's just a complete abiding in the vine. In a world that values power and control, we often find ourselves striving to take the reins in our lives. In today's message, Pastor James talks about how true self-control isn't asserting dominance over every aspect of your life. Rather, it's humbly giving up control to the Lord. When you release your worries and burdens into His loving hands, you can find solace in the knowledge that He's in control of all things. The pressures of life can be overwhelming, but in the arms of the Lord, you'll discover freedom from anxiety. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Galatians chapter 5, as Pastor James continues his message, The Fruit of the Spirit. read your Bibles carefully, you'll, you'll take notice, and I New Living Translation says, you know, it says, anyone who parts from me is thrown away like a useless branch. Well, who's doing the throwing away? It's not the vine dresser. It's not the vine dresser. Well, who's gathering, gathering them up and throwing them in the fire? It's not the vine dresser. And again, we're not talking about, this whole chapter, context is key, because we're not talking about salvation. So the idea here is that outsiders looking at the vine and the branches it's their perception of your commitment to Jesus. And they see that you're not bearing any fruit. Well, it's how outsiders are looking at you, so to speak. And they're judging your life based on fruitfulness, right? Because that is one way that we do judge each other. And that's actually one way that we should be judging each other. We judge each other based on our fruit production. Are you producing good fruit? Are you producing bad fruit? Well, guess what? The world does the same thing. The world does the same thing. So even in their complaints about Church, Christians, being too judgy, give me a break. Everybody in the world judges. I mean, that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, give me, what? Everybody judges. And actually, it's healthy to observe. Are you good? Are you, are you a good branch? Or are you a bad branch? Right? Like, we have to do that. We have to do that. So the idea here is that it's not so much the vine dresser who does this, but it's, it's others who are caused to mock or ridicule you as a follower, because you don't seem like you're connected to Jesus at all. In fact, your lifestyle represents something totally different, and it causes them to mock Jesus. And maybe the fire that's referenced here could be that of like conviction in one sense. Maybe because you're indulging in sin, and the world is looking at you as a self you're a self-proclaimed Christian, and they're watching you how you live your life, and it's just sinful, and they're like, and it causes them to mock or ridicule God, and that should burn inside of you. In fact, it should just wake you up to where it's like, I, maybe I need to get connected to Jesus. Maybe I need to start bearing some fruit. So that what? So that the end of that, that verse, verse 8, my true disciples produce much fruit. This brings great 
glory to my Father. Not ridicule, not mocking, but glory to him, right? So it's just a good little good little wake-up call. He goes into further just concerning abiding and all that stuff, but I really do want to just spend this last few minutes just talking about the fruit, specifically, spiritual fruit, um, fruit of the Spirit, right? So turn over to Galatians chapter 5, please. The key is you abide in Christ, he abides in you, produce fruit. So let's talk about some of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not fruits, plural, it's fruit singular, okay? It's one fruit, and it's love, and everything else is, is just a definition of love, okay? So that list that we're going to read through, I just want to throw that out there to you guys in case you don't know, because we always think of like fruits of the Spirit. There's not fruits of the Spirit. There's fruit of the Spirit, and it's love. And it looks like these different things, okay? If you go, let's, we want, we want to do context, right? So look at verse 16, this is the Apostle Paul. We've already studied through this once before, but he says this. So I, I advise you to live according uh, to your new life in the Holy Spirit. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Heads up, you have a sinful nature, and it craves certain things. And all those things that it craves are bad for you and bad for other people, okay? That's the struggle, so if you wake up one day and you're like, man, I, I don't know what it is, but I keep doing bad stuff. Well, and you're like, I gave my life to Jesus, and I thought I'd, all that bad stuff is supposed to go away. Welcome to the war. Welcome to real biblical Christianity. It's a war that you engaged in. And it just got, it just got more intense in one sense. When you surrender to Jesus, now the Holy Spirit resides in you, and there, there are almost like two natures almost in one sense, and that's what Paul's going to talk about here, that are at war with each other. Your desire to fulfill the lust of your flesh versus your desire to walk in the Spirit. And they're always battling against each other. And sometimes this side wins, and sometimes that side wins, if we're honest. It says, you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Your old sinful nature loves to do evil. And you can amen that because you know that that's true. You know it's true which is just opposite from what the Holy Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite from what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. And your choices are never free from this conflict. Heads up, Christians. Your choices are never free from this stuff. So if you're waiting for the day where you won't be tempted to sin, that's called heaven. Okay? And as far as I can tell, you're not there yet. You're not there yet. So you're not free from the struggle. So wake up to the realization that your sinful flesh still wants to do sinful stuff. And sometimes you give in, and sometimes you don't. It's not whether you have a 1,000% you know, batting average. It's about owning it when you, when you strike out, right? If you give in to a sinful desire, it's about just owning that and saying, like, man, Lord, Here's, okay, Lord, here's what I did. And I don't have to tell you because you already know, but because I respect our relationship, I'm just going to tell you, I did this and it's a sin against you. And I am sorry, can you please, would you please forgive me for sinning against you? And he says, of course, absolutely. Now let's walk in repentance. Now let's walk in repentance. So it's not a matter of like, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying never to sin. That, okay, good luck with that. Good luck with that. I'm just trying to know what it's like to walk in repentance every single day. That's my goal. I just want to walk in repentance. Um, so 
there's this battle. It's going on with inside of us. And, and the spirit wants to do certain things, and the flesh wants to do other things. They're, they're fighting against each other. We are never free of this conflict until our bodies are glorified. That happens in the presence of Jesus. Verse 18, but when you're directed by the Holy Spirit, or when you walk in the Holy Spirit, you are no longer subject to the law, okay? So this is the Holy Spirit has set you free. In fact, Galatians 5.1 says it's for freedom that you have been set free. Walk in freedom. Live in that freedom that the Holy Spirit has granted to you. Verse 19, when you follow the, the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results, sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure. I like how New Living Translation breaks these down, okay? Um, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, or they could be labeled um, sorcery or witchcraft, okay? Uh, which witch, witchcraft is as of rebellion. So we can go into some of that, but we're, we don't have time, okay? Hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger or outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, divisions, the feeling that everyone is wrong except for those in your own little group. Wait a minute. Is this, am I reading a headline today about where we live? Oh, no, it's a work of the flesh. It's a work of the flesh. Fascinating. It goes on to say envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sins, meaning this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. But I think you get it from that list, right? You, you kind of get it. Like, these are the works of the flesh, which Paul would say in Colossians chapter 3, oh, don't forget that you used to indulge in these. So before you, you know, look down at anybody else, never forget that you used to celebrate in these things. This is where all a part of our lives. To whatever form or fashion or degree, we all gave in to these fleshly desires, to some form or fashion. Maybe one was more enticing to you than the other. But we've all, we've all surrendered to these at one point in time. So that's the list. Those would be, that's the work of the flesh. That is contrary or opposite to the fruit of the Spirit, which is love. So these are things that we need to be, these are barometers, so to speak, of your connectedness to Jesus. When you see these things start popping up within your life, it's an indication that like maybe you're not abiding in Jesus. Maybe if you find yourself getting provoked to wrath, you got a short fuse, and it's just every little thing is setting me off, man. Spend some more time with Jesus, because you need some fruit of the Spirit to be produced within your life. It's called patience. It's called long-suffering. It's called gentleness, kindness. But these are always good indicators for us where we're at in this whole abiding in Christ thing, because if these fruits are being produced actively within your life, you need, to, you need to maybe reestablish a connection to the vine. Make no way for these. You don't want these produced in your life anymore. You had your harvest. You had your time of harvest within these corrupt crops. That season's done. That season's over. Now it's time to experience a harvest of a different kind with Jesus. They say, you had your fun and games, right? Before Jesus, you had your fun. It wasn't, and I look back on it, I'm like, you know, it really wasn't all that fun. There wasn't a lot of games. It, I'm, I'm surprised I made it out of most of it, honestly. 
I'm just surprised I made it, made it out of most of it. But then even my flesh likes to trick me and reminiscing back to those days and thinking like, no, but those were some fun moments, right? And I'm like, well, in the, in the end of it, no, because hindsight's 2020, and walking with the Lord hopefully wakens you up to the realization that like, yeah, that might have been fun for me in that, in that moment, but there was that friend of mine who, spent, um, who had to spend the night in the hospital from alcohol poisoning. Um, so that probably wasn't that whole, so I can't label that experience as totally fun and enjoyable when it almost cost my friend their life. And in fact, it has cost my friends some of their lives. So beware of that, walking down that, that road of reminiscing. Our brains create this beautiful image of what, what it used to be like and how perfect and how fun and all that. Uh, don't, don't, be, don't be easily tricked by what your brain is telling you how good those days used to be, okay? So um, a lot of, the, for me, those days were nothing but producing this kind of fruit within my life. A lot of anger, a lot of hatred, I mean, you name it, all these things, man, like guilty, 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 all of them. The flip side, though, we don't produce these things. The, well, the, they can show up in our lives. We, we address them if they show up in our lives and, and all that good stuff. But here's, what, here's the goal for you and myself for this morning. He goes on to say, um, he does et cetera, you know, and all, all, all these things, right? Um, let me get my place again here. Um, and other kinds of sins. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is like, if you're practicing these things, not like you're fighting against these things, but you're actually just like indulging in these things, and this is who you are, um, then that speaks to your, of your lack of relationship with Jesus. And, I, and we can say it as bluntly as that. You don't have Jesus if these things are practiced these are habitual things. You run to these things. You never run to Jesus, and you never, maybe you don't even ever feel bad about doing these things. That could be an indication that you're not even connected to the vine, and your biggest issue is getting connected to the vine. Because the end of all these things, for those who habitually practice, this is their lifestyle, this is who they are, there's no kingdom for you. There's not. However, verse 22, but... When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, when we walk in the Spirit, that's daily, that's action, that's, that's movement. When we walk in the Spirit, when, we, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He, the Holy Spirit, will produce this kind of fruit in us, love. Technically, there should be a semicolon right after that word, because the rest of these are, fall under the umbrella of love. These are it's the fruit of the Spirit is agape, that's love, okay? That's self-sacrificing, putting the needs of others before yourself. That's the fruit of the Spirit. The rest of this list, it's like a bag of Skittles. That's how I used to illustrate this to these college kids, right? I'm like, it's a bag of Skittles, right? Like, it's just, they're all, they, to, I don't know, they, to me, they all like taste the same. I haven't had Skittles in a while, but I'm like, they, they look different, but they all taste the same, so to speak. Now, you may be like, no, no, the reds are different. Well, whatever. Um, you get what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's, it's love, but then these other things kind of define what that love looks like. But this is the fruit that the Holy Spirit himself produces in us. It's love. It's agape. That really is what that word means, agape love, which you can't muster that on your own strength. You can't agape somebody else out of your own self-effort or anything. You can't. 
You just can't. You need the Holy Spirit to produce that love in you. So the other list, as we go on, is joy. That's, that's the ability to walk through any circumstance within this life, not with a smile on your face, but with joy within your heart, OK? Because if your life is falling apart and you're walking around with a smile on your face, we may need to have some counseling, um, OK? Because it's OK to cry, and it's OK to be sad, and it's OK to mourn, right? You don't have to walk around like smiling like, I think I'm supposed to keep smiling even though my life is falling apart. Like, no, that's not, that's not what it's about. Joy is that it's regardless of the circumstances, it's knowing who you're connected to and knowing the fact that I'm connected to the true vine, or you could say it this way, the good shepherd who's going to walk me through whatever valley I go through. That's joy. Joy is, is never hindered by your circumstances. Peace, peace with God and then peace from God. That's that calmness, stillness within this life. If you are experiencing peace within this life, especially given the past year that we went through, you can say, thank you, Holy Spirit, for producing that fruit within my life, because that was from him. When the world is losing their minds, Christians could, could and should be able to walk through this life with a stillness, with a calmness about them. But, but this happened. I, look, I know. And the thing that's shaken so easily for me is peace, right? The enemy loves to destroy that. Because if you can steal your peace, then every, I mean, tons of other dominoes fall after that one. The other one is patience. That's just being able to endure, you know, uh, enduring whatever may come. Um, that's, a, that's a fruit of the Spirit. That's what love looks like. You read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It defines love, and all these things are there, okay? Kindness. Mercy is another way to say that. Showing kindness to the other people. Mercy to other people. You don't know what they're going through. Just be nice. Be nice. Christians should be kind. I don't care if they don't agree with you. I don't care if they have different political views than you. I don't care philosophically if they don't line up with you. It doesn't matter. You have no idea the hell that they're going through. So be kind. And take a second and say, tell me your story. Tell me your story. How can I pray for you? Because that's what kind people do. People who don't have kindness say, all right, let me try to fix all your problems. All right, stop talking, stop talking. I think I got a solution for you. Boom, here's your solution. That's not kindness. That's not kindness. Kindness is the ability to sit down with somebody and just to hear them out. Just to hear them out. We're all, I mean, everybody, especially, I mean, who cares about, last year was difficult. Last year was crazy difficult for people. What they need most, especially from Christians, is just, can you just be there for me? Can you just be, be kind? Give me an ear? Yeah, I'll give you an ear. Tell me your story. What's going on? How can I pray for you? I think prayer for other people, extending the offer to pray for other people is one of the greatest, the kindest acts we can, we can display. The, the other list here, goodness. Goodness is pretty self-explanatory. Be good, right? Make good decisions. Be good to people, okay? Um, faithfulness. Faithfulness is consistency. It's just, it's, it's being uh, committed to, number one, to the Lord, but then committed to other people. It's continually showing up, continually showing up. Just show up. Be faithful. Gentleness kind of it goes right alongside there with kindness, but in how we speak to each other, you know, may your speech be seasoned with grace. Be gentle. A lot of times your 
uh, we, we wound each other with our words more than anything else. So gentleness kind of highlights the fact that like, just be, be, be slow to speak and quick to hear, right? Like James would say. Self-control, this is the last one, okay? Uh, self-control is just, the, the best advice I can give you concerning self-control is this. Surrender all control to the Holy Spirit, right? Because um, it's like, it's, Paul's not just saying like, hey, yeah, just be self-determined and all this. He's just saying, learn how to master yourself. The best way you can learn how to master yourself is by saying like, um, I don't think I can do this. So Holy Spirit, can you please just like take over? Um, and that's what we would call an absolute surrender. Or in one sense, that's just a complete abiding in the vine. Just staying connected to him and saying like, I, you know, because if it's left up to me, I get out of control. My thoughts will get out of control. My heart will get out of control. And then my actions will always follow my thoughts and all that stuff. So self-control, it is a fruit of the Spirit, and it definitely is one that you know, can define what agape love looks like. But it's something that the Holy Spirit produces in us and through us. He, he would go on to say, just to close out this little part here, uh, here there is no conflict with the law. Right? There's no limit in one sense. So he's saying basically this. Abide in Christ and let him abide in you. Let him produce much more fruit within your life because there's no law against it. There's no cap. Go nuts. Go nuts in the fruit production of your life. Like, all right, Lord, here I am. I want to stay connected to you. I want this vertical thing to be good and healthy so that this horizontal thing is good and healthy. Um, and so that you are blessed by whatever it is that you produce in and through me, and so the other people I'll come into contact with, that it benefits them. Will you be benefited by your own fruitfulness? Of course you will. Because every single thing on this list, you have free access to indulge in on your, uh, yourself. You get to reap the benefits of producing these, the work or the fruit of the Spirit within your life. It benefits you tremendously. But the Lord just simply boils it down to this one thing that I think is just a good reminder for us today is this. Stay connected to Jesus. Just stay connected to him. Abide in him. He abides in you. He will produce fruit within your life. And whatever fruit starts to pop up within your life, just say, okay, Lord, help me not to cling to that or make an idol out of that. It's all yours. So remove it whenever you want to remove it, so that you make way for more fruit to happen. And that's, that's the goal for each and every one of us, guys, from, from this day until that day where we're either raptured up or you meet them face to face. It's fruit production. And that only happens by staying connected to Jesus. And it's as simple as that. It's just as simple as that. It's just as simple as showing up every day like, OK, Lord, here I am. Here I am. And he's like, sweet, let's go. Sweet, let's go. I'm a, little, I'm a little muddy today. And he's like, I know. Let me wash you off because I'm not done with you. That's what you should get from that John 15 and even from Galatians chapter 5 is this. Um, you might be one of those branches that's heavy, that's weighed down right now. It doesn't mean he's going to pluck you out and throw you into a fire. It means that he's, he knows how to lift you up at the right time and wash you off so that you can bear fruit. It's a beautiful thing. And it's all him. It's all him.
You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word, and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you, here on Bread for the Broken.